baby where we started now we on to something new let me introduce you to some of the fresh crew hollywood jack get a leader of the pack cory on your man Ramsey coming in stack robin with the y chilling in the nest holding down the crew can't forget the rest Queen of Queens carrying, yet she taking no mess. Bring your A game, cause there ain't none less. Paco last minute standing, yeah, you know how it goes. Rounding out the best, JV to the pros. And we are back with JV to the pros, season three, episode 34. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, is not the one coughing. Ramsey, Mr. Reliable, Mr. Consistency, Mr. Unstoppable. Corey, it is good to see you. It's been a week, and we've had a busy week. How are you, my friend? It is good. And so you know that old saying where you don't cry over spilt milk? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not crying, but I just spilled all of this whey protein all over myself, on the table, let on me, the mic stand. Let me tell the audience, what's it? every week, Corey does a lot of prep work. He does a lot of printing out. He does a lot of notes. I show up with a bottle of water <laughs> and pretty much wing it. And Corey shows up completely informed. I mean, it's it's game time for him. So he's bragging about his notes, and then he spills his protein drink all over his notes. <laughs> and, including, and including myself. And I'm sitting there going, well, now there's no notes. The, the playing field is level. <laughs> it's really... And look, it's really Jack's fault because he said something of that was funny, and I actually just moved my hand in, in typical East Coast fashion. Ta-da! Yes, talking with your hands, and it's like, damn, I, yeah. spilled, my, we I should, spilled it on myself, we right? Should, we should have recorded the pre-production <laughs> meeting. <laughs> so, and then we have the last man standing. That's right. Who, who shall tec- remain nameless? The technical genius who, who shall remain nameless. He's who remain nameless? said <laughs> when I after I spilled and I'm and there's milk all over. And me, you took he, your headset off. I took and my headset. <laughs> so are we ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to go right now? Yeah. Meanwhile, you literally have things like pouring off your page. Right, literally. And, yet, and it's on you. You We're looking for like something to wipe this all up. And he's like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> it's like, like, uh, like he's oblivious to what actually happened here. Yeah. So we were we were a little late getting in the, today because of the spill. But uh, <laughs> Exxon, it on BP. Yeah, it was the Exxon Valdez. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, so we had a lot, a lot going on this week. Um, we have um, celebrity deaths. We have all sorts. So tell me about your week. Let's, let's. What have you done this week, Corey? What's going on? I have just done nothing but work. I tell you, uh, probably about seventy hours, and I've worked on the weekend as well. You know what? That's funny. You, you things. and I are putting in the same yeah. kind of hours, seventy to eighty hour week. I mean, I, I was just telling, I was just telling Robin with a Y, who was on set for a moment and then left. But I was just telling her that I, I literally the last couple of days, I was going somewhere. And forgot where I was going. That's how tired I've become. I literally was driving, and I thought, "Where am I going?" Like, so you need a day off, pal. I got a question. Yeah. Do you think, in general, Americans? Do you think we work too much? I think. I think um, we don't take enough time off. There's nothing wrong with a hard day's work. Right. I just think that uh, we don't like most Americans take two, sometimes three weeks a year. Frankly, I think it should be more like five or six weeks. A right. Year. Like. I think every few months you should get a week or so just just to decompress. Mm-hmm. And I think we work and work and work and work. And then over the holidays, we take two weeks off. And that becomes work because you got family and the holidays and Christmas and shopping for the gifts. And, and then your Christmas bonus, everything's gone. And you start again. There's never a time when you get a chance to just release the valve. And um, I know that when um, 
I was working, uh, you know, a different kind of thing. I would work literally 49 and a half weeks a year. And then I'd go home for about two weeks back East, Mm -hmm. but being home and visiting, you're almost obligated. It's almost like you're being showcased around and you never really get that time to put your feet up and say the hell with it. I'm just doing nothing today because every day people are like, Oh, I haven't seen you all year. Why don't you come over? To, why don't you? Why don't we go out? Let's go into the city, and it's nonstop. It's the same thing, like for you with Philly. I mean, you go back home. It's the same thing. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I was going through when I did my first tour and touchdown home. I wasn't even home for really 96 hours where I started this whole tour. So I'm visiting my brother Ray in Washington, and I'm in Portland visiting my sister, my other brother. And then I'm back uh, in Philadelphia visiting, of course, my uh, my father, my mother's gravesite, uh, visiting old fraternity uh, pals. Like now your mom's just, gravesite is in Philly? Uh, it's actually in New Jersey. It's Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Because I tell you what, in, in all seriousness, I, I, I feel this bond with your mom. And I would, I would like would to. I, yeah, I think we would have been like the best of friends. I mean, I just think she and I would have found ourselves playing backgammon or canasta. Or something. She would, she would adopt you in the way you like TV shows and trivia and Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds, Frank yeah. Sinatra. Right. I mean, she was all. I, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like this connection with. Her. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would like to just i just go there by myself you know no karen uh, just me and i just like to sit there and just kind of chat with her a little bit and tell her how much i appreciate you and and that because i do think i believe in the afterlife people are still connected to those that are here i think they're still i believe in that and i know because i've i've had communication with my mom i know that that happens somehow i'm not sure how it works and i don't believe in the Dion warwick psychic hotline but yes. but i do have that happen from time to time where all of a sudden um I, you know I, it, it was like um when i first started seeing karen i i remember i was i was still kind of having this single guy attitude you know we, sure. were, we were just starting to see each other and i i was kind of screwing things up i was still seeing other people i was doing uh, you know things that don't you know aren't in, uh, you know inducive to a good relationship and i got I, I think I told you this story. My mom yelled at me all night one night. And she yelled at me like like when I was a kid. That's awesome. Well, no, yelled. I mean, like, no, okay, that's like, awesome. And she I got her, and she out. was yelling and yelling. I handpicked her. Don't you screw this up. She was handpicked. I searched everywhere. I mean, she really tore into me. And I told Karen about it. I said, boy, my mom. And when I brought Karen to where my mom is buried in St. Raymond's in the Bronx, I felt like I was introducing almost like they were shaking hands. I felt it. You felt it. Yeah. And it's hard to explain, but I felt it. I felt like, no, I I buy that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? Uh, You won't be on the East coast, but October 2nd is the anniversary of her death that she uh, left this earth. It'll be 15 years. So, you know, raise a bottle of water to her, whatever it is you're going to drink. Well, that's odd because that's like when we met. You realize that? Because we met that holiday like 15 years ago. We met like right a couple months after your mom passed. That would be about Boy, it. Boy, yeah. 
That's really strange. Yeah. I can't believe I've known you 15 years. I can't either. <laughs> like, I mean, this is amazing. And now you're family. <laughs> yeah. And I missed you. And I missed your mom by like eight weeks you or missed, seven you weeks. My, That's uh, strange. My mother. But yeah, but you know, uh, her name, uh, her name was Janice. So, you know, raise a, raise a glass. To okay. Her. October 2nd. October I, I, 2nd. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, I wanted to point out that um, we got some news. Uh, the military, which you are very familiar with, <laughs> flew um, Karen's son, Tyler, out from, um, I think it was Camp Lejeune to Japan. Well, I, I don't know how long that flight normally takes, but it took him three days. <laughs> they had him sleep in the airport in like yeah. San Francisco for like a day before they finally put him up in a hotel. I was like, is that the way the military, they had him sleep in an airport. Was it a P3? What were the circumstances? Well, he was going to Japan and um, uh, Nagasaki. Uh, no, Okinawa. That's what Okinawa. Marine, yeah. There it is. Yeah. And Okinawa. So, um so he finally let us know that he had arrived and on the flight in took pictures of Mount Fuji said it was breathtaking. He said, unless you actually see this, the pictures aren't going to do it justice. And, but we were glad he's there safe and, you know, tell him to see if he can visit that forest. Oh, the suicide forest! If he can go, the suicide that would be forest. spooky. Well, well, hang on, I don't want him going to the suicide well, forest. I mean, just <laughs> he's a pretty tough in. marine. I don't want him going in there. Oh, he's a marine; he can handle it. Just dust it off. Come First on. one in, last one out. Yeah, come on! <laughs> if I send him there and something happens, you you think I I've gotten hell from Karen in the past? <laughs> this would be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I well, mean, the family is barely accepting me now. <laughs> it's like what Harmon said, right? Oh, you can give your heart to Jesus. But your ass belongs to the car. Right. And then it's the suicide forest. So it's uh, on the tourist map. So Jack, I'm I'm fascinated. Before we get into our other stuff, uh, yeah. the celebrity deaths. Who who were you? Um one of my favorite um comedian slash comics um was Wait. Norm MacDonald. Well, it is finally official. Murder is legal in the state of California. And I didn't even know. He had been fighting cancer almost 10 years. He'd been fighting cancer since soon after he turned 50. Yeah. And at 61, we lost Norm MacDonald. And, and Norm MacDonald um, had the very last comedy appearance on the David Letterman show. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. He, um, he did a bit on the David Letterman show for the David Letterman finale. And um, he talked about um, the fact that he was guest starring on the show with Oprah. So he came out to do a stand-up routine, and he said, Me and Oprah are making the same money tonight. <laughs> oh, like that. So who else, uh, who else out there? Who else passed away, Paco? Well, this was really, uh, un- this is really surprising. Michael K. Williams, he was the, the, uh, the African-American actor on The Wire. Oh, oh, actually, I know, he's a character actor. Yes. Right. And how old was he? He was uh, 50. What? You, wow, 50. Yeah. Boy, as I turn sixty, this doesn't. What? Okay, what? What ha, was it? A car accident? What no, happened? he was found dead in his apartment in New York. Oh, so they haven't told, said what happened. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. There, there's some speculation about whether or not um, narcotics were, were involved because apparently he had um, some issues with um, overindulging. Well, apparently, uh, when he was found, his body was uh, when he was found. They had uh, there was heroin next to him, so. 
There you go. So I'd say there's a good chance. Yeah, I, I didn't know the heroin was found next to him, but I know that the speculation was that he had a he had an addiction problem, and uh, that that would do it. I mean, nobody should be dying at fifty. Yeah. So who, right. who else? Is there anybody else? Yes. Yeah, so uh, actress Sarah Harding, she lost her battle with breast cancer last Sunday. And Sarah Harding from uh, Girls Aloud singer. That's her. I, I don't know who she is. I, don't I mean, either. nothing, nothing to discount that. But I, I don't. I haven't. When you said her name, I didn't ring a bell at all. And and I don't know. She's a singer. Yes. Am I? Am I just getting old? Like I don't know. I don't no, know who the. I don't, I don't know, know who these young kids are with I mean, the loud music. It's a music. tragedy. I don't know uh, who else, Paco. Um. Well, you guys would definitely not know this one. Greg Lakes. Uh, he died on September first. And he was from Real Housewives of Atlanta. I doubt you guys watch no, reality TV. No, no, and of course Charlie Watts. But we've already reported on yeah, that. Yeah, Charlie Watts. Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. We, we were the ones that broke that news. <laughs> no one knew until we said it. <laughs> I'm sure my brother Richie's going to hear this. He yeah. goes, "Everybody heard it. Damn it! <laughs> you were the last ones in." <laughs> right. Other celebrity deaths. Obviously, Biz Marquis. That's old news. Jeff Lamar. No, no. We're just talking about yeah. the last week or so. Yeah. Not not this year. That's it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um all right. Well that that I didn't know who the last one was, but I did know I did know I did hear the other story. So what else what else? Um oh what did you what did you what did you do this week, Paco? Anything interesting? Not really. Not okay. Really. Okay, that's right. good. And we're out of that. Question. No, but I actually I had a question though. Thank goodness, Jack. No, because uh what always surprised me was okay, so he was always part of SNL. How come he was fired? I'm referring to oh, Norm McDonald. Oh, Norm McDonald. Yeah. I, I, do you know this? I, I know what the answer is on this. No, I don't. Lorne Michaels, the producer since, you know, the Belushi days and, yeah. and, and Bill Murray. Lorne Michaels did not think Norm McDonald was funny. Interesting. You know, he just he just never found him funny. And as a matter of fact, at one point, NBC flew him out from New York to L.A. to the studios in Burbank to have a talk with him. That could have been done on the phone, but they wanted to be face to face with him because they said they wanted Norm included in more skits. They said, all you're doing is having him do the news weekend update. And Norm is actually a pretty funny guy. And Lauren said, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't even know why I hired him. I don't find him to be funny at all. And um, that was the problem. Norm never, never got a kick out of um out of Norm. Uh, Lauren Michael never got a kick out of Norm McDonald. Interesting. So, yeah, that that. That might be part of it. And then when it came time to renew his contract, they just didn't. They just they just passed on it. And well, uh, that was Lauren's call. Well, R.I.P. Yes. Norm MacDonald, to me, funny, funny guy, you know? I mean, we should play his final appearance on The Tonight Show, on The uh, David Letterman Show, because that, that monologue was hilarious. I, uh, I, I was on the street the other day, and... Uh... I, uh, I saw a garbage truck, and on the back of the garbage truck, there was a small sign that said, please do not follow too closely. <laughs> Another of life's simple pleasures, ruined by a meddling bureaucracy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you remember the old days when, when Dad would pile the kids in the station wagon and we'd all go out and follow a garbage truck? <laughs> So anyways, I'd just like to say, I know that uh, Mr. Letterman is uh, 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 not for the mockish, and uh, he, has, uh, he has no truck for the sentimental, but if something is true, it is not sentimental, and I say in truth, I love you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my 
Corey, let's let's get back on track. Let's get back onto our uh, itinerary. Let's talk about some of the stuff that you brilliantly put together as I as I hang on to your coattails. Oh, no, no. You guys, <laughs> you guys are right there. You guys are right there with me. You know, uh, we touched on it last week oh so briefly, and we were talking about, you know, other major events. Of course, we all know that, um, you know, the 20th anniversary of September 11th just passed. And so... Oh, you know, you know, you know what I want to bring up? This is the... Now, I, I don't consider myself to be, quote unquote, an expert on Flight 93. But of everything I've always said, of everything that happened that day, I was very drawn and connected somehow to Flight 93. I always thought, because when I get on a plane... I told you the story about yes. oh, yeah. about about like the two guys that were trading notes after after nine eleven. Yes, and I, and I let them know they're not they're not getting up. They're not doing a damn thing until we land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not putting up with this. But I thought if I were on flight ninety three, I I would have been absolutely storming the cabin. I did not know that when they picked up George W. Bush in Sarasota, got him on Air Force One as quickly as possible. They literally just put him in the air. And they decided they didn't know where they could land him, and they just kept flying him. Yes. So Cheney's on the ground in Washington and can't get out of Washington. So they put Cheney in a bunker. In the in the midst of all this, time is ticking by, and Flight 93 is heading back toward Washington. Now, I did not know that the decision had to be made by Cheney to send fighter jets to take out Flight 93. Well, it wasn't just Flight 93. It was all flights that were not that were not going to that were not landing. Yes, but they knew Flight 93 had been hijacked, Mm -hmm. and he specifically told them, "Take them out of the sky. Just take them down," because they knew they were heading for the White House or the Capitol building, and the Capitol building is probable where where they were heading. But um, I did not realize until this past weekend that one of the fighter jets, a female fighter jet pilot, was ordered to catch up to 93 and take it out of the sky. Her dad flies for United and flies out of the Northeast. And she wasn't sure if her dad was the pilot on flight 93 because she didn't keep track of his schedule. Sure. So she knew when she fired up and started heading to take out 93, she knew that her dad might be the pilot. I thought that was like, like you want to talk about dedication to, to following orders knowing you probably are going to be taking your dad out and or might be well fortunately she wasn't faced with that no she couldn't catch the plane yeah so we couldn't so talking about it uh from a different angle this uh, this week is you know there's so many files that haven't been released you know there's there's been a 9-11 commission out there which i have to say that henry kissinger resigned because he was the chair of that commission but he resigned when he was confronted about his ties to the Saudi government. So he resigned. Oh, now, we have all of these tapes and things that need to be released. We also have, you know, that we have all of those prisoners down in Gitmo. And you know that none of them do, do have you, seen trial. Do, do, do our listeners know what Gitmo is? Guantanamo Bay. Bay. I'm guessing. They do. I'm guessing everybody that listens. To <laughs> Actually, when you Gitmo. said it, I thought Gitmo. Gitmo. He must yeah. mean Gizmo. <laughs> Gitmo. They know. <laughs> they know. Well, I mean, you know, Corey. The, the from the onset of the attack, the days following, you know, normally because they were comparing it with uh, the JFK investigation, which was which was announced or you know launched immediately. It took months 
and everybody was just flabbergasted. Yeah. But I think the biggest, you know, like, what were you guys thinking was when they flew out the Bin Laden family. Within the two or three days when they grounded all air traffic, the only people that were allowed to fly out to fly outside the country were members of the Bin Laden family that were in, t- in, in the United States, you know, watching their, you know, finances and whatnot. Because the, the Saudis, especially the Bin Ladens, they own a lot of, they have a lot of investments in a lot of our companies. Uh, and I'll tell you something else that might you might find interesting. I, I found it to be um, <clears throat> bothersome. Um, a friend of mine was a director, John Bradford Goodman, who's since passed. But um, he had an apartment in Claremont by uh, right off Mount Abernathy. And this was back when you paid for your cell phone, basically either by the minute or it was a fortune if you were on the phone during the day. You had to wait till after 7 o'clock to get free minutes. And he had these people on the second floor across from his um, ground view apartment. And they were on the balcony on their cell phones all day long. Mm-hmm. And they turned out to be three of the hijackers of the 19. And so CNN and everybody was flooding that area to find out. Sure. And John said, yeah, they were on the phone for months. And I didn't know how they were paying for a cell phone like that. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to, Paco, I want to go back to what you say, because I think a lot of people don't know that about uh, bin Laden and that they were allowed to uh, fly. Like the, It's those kinds of things that the public needs to be aware. Yeah, the, it, it gives us chills because... The bin Laden family was allowed to fly out of the United States yes. when everybody else was grounded. Yes. What's really, really compromising is how they had... Uh, I mean, I know Michael Moore is, co- is a very controversial filmmaker, but in Fahrenheit 9-11, yeah. there was an expert, their excerpt, I should say, from Larry King Live, where they, inter- they interviewed the then ambassador of Saudi Arabia. And he was asking the question about, like, so why were these people allowed to leave the country and everybody else was sitting pretty? Right. And then the pr- he gave some really, like, you know, scripted answer saying, like, he, uh, the pr- uh, you know, his royal highness felt that they should not be subjected to that kind of tyranny. I mean, what kind of answer is that? Yeah, exactly. These and are the same people that are in bed with the. the and you guy. know how many? You know how many members of the Bin Laden family were allowed to fly out? Forty. Forty were allowed to fly out when the rest of the country was grounded, and that makes me wonder: like, why would we, as an American government who's just been attacked by Bin Laden, allow the Bin Laden family to fly out of the country? Yes. You know, and you're you're a special ops guy. I mean, well, there's a lot. Of, you know, there's a lot of push. There's a group. Of well, there's many groups of uh, survivors, but there's one group in particular. They're known as the Jersey Girls, led by a Kirsten Britt Britt Weiser. And if I'm butchering that name, I apologize. But her husband was in the South Tower, and he's one of the ones that you can hear the 9/11 call to. You can listen to it on YouTube, where he's calling her. And so since then, for the last 20 years, she and the other Jersey girls, the widows, have been pushing for, let's see some trials. Let's open up some files. But we are not. Right. And this all falls along what I said and what I've said for many weeks and maybe a couple years. When the government doesn't want you to know something, you will not know. And you know know what? And Damien said that last week said, you know, and and we don't look at it, normally we don't look at it as it's for our own good. Mm-hmm. We look at it like it's a conspiracy against us. And I feel like, I feel like I'd like to know because sure, that's, we the would curi- love to know. that's the curiosity yeah. in me. But perhaps it is, maybe Damien was right, maybe it is in our best interest. We not know. Well, 
But when I you, don't know if it's or in, it's in their best or in yes, their I, best. Yes, yes. I no, think it's, it's more in their there best. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Worried about an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. We I was hoping you were going to pick up that end of the yeah. shelf no, because no. it's it's in their best interest. Yeah, we can we can handle it. If you tell me we go back, and if you tell me that the CIA was involved in Kennedy's assassination, I'm going to look at you and say no, duh. You know, like wow, you really have said something shocking. I mean, some of the stuff. They're just keeping it because they just want to keep it. I think it's interesting nobody's looked DiMaggio's way. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to come back. Uh, so wouldn't that be we'll the mob or, back. you know, baseball? DiMaggio had nothing to do with the mob, believe me. We'll have but, to come back to that. Yeah. But you know what? Let's, let's talk about something that's going on right in our backyard. And something that has, uh, I mean, there are mothers that and women that take missing every day. Yeah. But, you know, it just seems to be an epidemic and it's just been this way for years and years and people magazine they recently did an article about like all of these mothers and wives that are just disappearing right so in our backyard we have maya millet millette millette no maya millet that was the it is millet yeah no it's millette no they is every it? time i hear it on the news argue it's, with you. it's maya millette okay because it's her husband's larry millette um, okay. Anyway, well, um, well, you know me. I butcher, so I, right. I defer. No, to it's the Maya Malette because Malette? because producer Karen's last name is Tillette, and it's Malette. Just trust Malette. me on this. Yeah. Okay. I, I and, trust. And you. Maya Malette. Um, now, I tell me if I'm wrong because I watch a lot of the ID channel. Let stuff. me set it up quickly. Yeah. So, dude, let um, the audience understand. Yeah. What's so going it's on a here. Uh, mother of three that disappeared. January 7th. Dedicated mother of three. She wasn't yes. like she was out carousing or somebody who was in the bars or. Alleged dedicated because the husband, Larry, says different. But she disappeared January 7th of this year. Well, Larry's dad, while Larry was gone one day and the neighbors were gathered around the outside of the house again, mm -hmm. the dad of Larry came outside and said, oh, no, she abandoned the family. And the, they lost their mind because they all know Maya. And they said she would never, ever abandon her kids. That did not happen. She lived for her children. So that didn't happen where one day in January, she decided, bye. Well, we can't say it didn't happen because we actually don't. I'm going so to so go on record saying, okay. in my heart, right. this seems to be um, some sort of a formula where, because she was filing for divorce. This guy didn't want the divorce. It seems to be this ongoing formula. When the woman is getting ready to leave, leave yes. all of a sudden she comes up missing or she comes up, comes up dead. And, you know, they, they end up, this one has stumped the police more than most because usually they're able to connect the dots. There's a mistress, i.e. Scott Peterson. There's, I, there's something. So many. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and Scott Peterson is not unusual. I mean, FBI is involved. DA is involved. NCIS is involved. They're checking every I mean, every video surveillance camera around that area for that time. 64 search warrants have been executed. There's been 125 tips given and still nothing. So we're going on eight months here. Right. But the one thing that seems to be solidified with everyone that knew Maya Malete is that she would never, under any circumstances, have left those kids and just walked away from it all. And the day she came up missing, she also missed her appointment with her divorce attorney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, this is a, He's a, a person a, of interest. It's a routine 
It's a routine formula that goes on and on. Yes. When when a husband's about to lose the wife, all of a sudden it, the wife comes up missing. Even if they don't find the wife's body, they find enough evidence pointing in one direction that concludes to most people with their logic that, yeah, okay, nobody else wanted her dead except him because he didn't want to be divorced from her. But he also didn't want to lose the kids. So if she's, kids. if she's you know gone and missing. You know what it is? He didn't want to pay the alimony. He didn't want, he didn't want to split the, he didn't want to split the, um, the children, um, the time with the kids. And, and I'm going to also point out the fact, I think the family is Filipino. Yes. And, and there is this very alpha macho thing amongst the men. You will not dare to leave me. I'll leave you if I want, but you will not. Well, I think that goes, I think that goes with just men period that have that personality. No, Jack's got a point. It's true, Corey. The Filipino community. No, 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 no. What I think you should say is this generally, not just, not just specifically to Filipinos, but Asian cultures in general. Asian cultures. Yeah, that's true. You make that argument. And I also see this coming up a lot in, Latino families. But here's where I'll push back. Okay. Because until you until the two of you come to me with facts as far as who is abusing the women, you can't tell me that it's necessarily Asian or or you know Latino Filipino or Latino. Until you hit me with facts, nobody sitting here right now has facts to support what you're saying. And that's what I'm looking for and that's what I'm saying for a fact. With the women that are being abused, we can't say that it's primarily in this country that it's Asian. Well, for eight, for nine months now, I mean, it's been almost nine months that yes. that Maya Malete's been missing. Right. They had um, kind of funneled their their search was a wide net. Okay, and wait, it funneled, okay, it funneled back to the husband. I, I know, but hang on. But you guys, you just jumped completely. Jumped. We were on one subject, and then you just jumped to the next, and we weren't finished. Go ahead. with this last one. And I'm saying is. Do either of you have facts to support what you're saying? Well, he pulled out his phone and you stopped him. <laughs> no, he wasn't pulling out those. Uh, he wasn't pulling out those facts because I asked him for his opinion. I well, I mean, we both we opinion. both said we both said that in the Filipino community, we've both witnessed the fact that that there is a a, a two tiered system of the family. It's the husband. And then beneath the husband is the wife, and then it's the kids. But the husband rules the roost. But see, the reason why I push back on that, because in what I have dealt with personally, I have seen more spousal abuse and domestic violence in the Caucasian communities than I have in Asian African American. We're not talking about spouses, but I wouldn't sit here and say I wouldn't sit here and say that you know what in regards whites. Do you know what that white people? You're probably right about that, and I would agree with you. Okay, but we're not talking about spousal abuse. We're talking about when when the when the female spouse comes up dead or missing. It seems to be this this really emotional. sense of entitlement about I will do what I want with you. You are not going to a divorce. Here's what I'm going to say. But why do you think he's mentioned that? Here's what I'm going to Here's what I'm going to say to that is that if you have the wife that's coming up missing and eventually we find out it's the, uh, it's the husband. Eventually we find out that he's been abusive. If not physical, emotionally, economically, mentally, right. There's abuse. So that's what I'm saying is that we just don't know. I just I don't have the facts right now to necessarily support that. I'm not even saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that 
We just don't have the facts to necessarily. I've say been that. following this case since January because I, sure. I I told Karen, produced Karen. I said when this happened, I said you watch. By February, they're going to have the husband arrested. There's nobody else that wanted this woman gone. She's on her way to the lawyers, and she comes up missing. Come on. Give me a break. And I thought this thing would be wrapped up pretty quickly. Nobody. But it does, they have there's not no, been able to find nobody. Yeah, and they have searched the desert because she used to like to go out to Glamis and to the dunes, mm-hmm. which are just east of San Diego where people take their desert toys, and they can't seem to find. And there's a specific spot she liked to go. I doubt he would have buried her. In a spot she liked to go. I don't think that would make... And that desert out there is huge. You know, it's like the case, and it was on television, it was on Netflix, um, the the case of uh, Shanane, and I hope I'm not butchering it, Shanane Watts and Chris Watts. Oh, in Colorado. Yes, and and it found out that Chris Watts eventually was the murderer. And remember when they had him on film, and he just... You know, he just looked like the most innocent guy in the world. I personally didn't think he was innocent when I was watching it. But eventually they found the body. Eventually he had to confess. I, I, I think you actually pronounced her name correctly because it was like oh. Shanane or Shanane. Oh, well, that's yeah. great. Finally. Yeah, you got one right. I'm so happy. But that was, that, was, that was so unbelievably cruel and th- that he dumped. Their, the, his kids' bodies in that yes. oil tank, and he actually had to break their shoulders and collarbone to fit them in, See, the, no, in the opening. Exactly. Now you wouldn't think that he would be capable of that. This is what his I'm own saying. children. That's what I'm saying. We don't know. We just don't know. And you know, Larry claims the husband claims that uh, the wife Maya has left two times in 2020. Just left the house. No word to anyone, and she eventually came back. He also said that she's a heavy drinker, heavy partier. We don't know what's true. Yeah, but you know, hang on a sec, because because his claim that she was a heavy drinker, heavy partier, yes, she, there have been times when she had a couple drinks too many. She wasn't a fall down drunk. People said, yeah, she she'd unlo- uh, you know she had kids, and there were times when she got a chance to unloose, you know, loosen up and have a couple of drinks. She wasn't she wasn't like this polluted person. Well, what I according what, to friends, what fa- okay, yeah. What fascinates me is that you're saying it with such conviction. Well, because and, because I've seen the friends get before the media well, said, yeah, anything. we've gotten together with her and she's had a few the drinks. The parents of Chris but, Watts, the parents of Chris, Chris Watts, said he was a dedicated. Yeah, father. but these are these are people outside the family who it. have who would get together. But their kids also played together. They really got to know her. You can over the line years. you can line people up to say anything. Well, that's people true. that are on your side. That's so true. my point is, is that we just, we don't know if the husband is guilty, then he needs to go down for the rest of his life. Right. I, I'm, I'm with you. Right. My thing is, is that we just don't know. I am, I am secure in saying that I'm pretty positive there's no such thing as a perfect murder. There just isn't. Whether the cops have figured out that one skin cell I mean, I just watched. I just watched um, a murder that was solved on a piece of broken fingernail on a fence. The guy was climbing over, and a piece of his fingernail chipped off. And by the fact that the shoe matched the shoes he owned in the prints in the dirt, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, there." It I is. will. I will. Con- I will contest that. I will say, and this is a good segue into the next thing for us to talk about, unless we need to go to break right. Do we, do we need it? Well, let's finish this up, and then we'll take a little okay. break. So oh. I, I think you said that there's no, no such thing as a perfect murder. Right. I, will, I will say there have been a few. We had one on November 22nd, 1963. We had one 
and it was even caught on film. And the culprits, the culprits escaped. Yeah, but so we had that. How many, how many cold case, you know, were, were these guys that put these cold case groups together of cops that even retired cops who wanted to get back and do what they do have fresh set of eyes. All of a sudden they're like, wow, if you look at the same thing over and over again, you miss things. Okay. But the perfect murder is here. It is more than 50 years and we're still debating. Well, we know that's not the perfect murder. The problem is they're not releasing the evidence. (laughs) Therefore it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Therefore it is the perfect murder. And then, you know what? We'll talk about, because I guess we should step away. We will talk about another perfect murder where the murderer get possibly can go free. Oh yeah. Okay. JV to pros. We're going to take a little break. I know where you're going with this. And then this is why I love you. You and I, are, we share part of the same brain. JV to pros. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in about two minutes, folks. That's a scary thought. Is your small business company or corporation under a legal attack from a disgruntled former or current employee? It often happens where an employee decides to go for a money grab, hoping the business will just settle to make it go away. Well, this is wrong, and Paul Sorrentino of the firm Jackson Lewis knows this is wrong, and he consistently puts a stop to this method of extortion of businesses. Paul Sorrentino fights for you and protects you from sending out a message that you're an easy target. Paul Sorrentino is considered to be one of the five best attorneys in all of California. Many believe he might be the greatest labor attorney in the country. He represents individuals who may be getting taken advantage of by unscrupulous employers, as well as representing small businesses that might be wrongfully under fire. Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis is the premier attorney when it comes to labor law. He represents several corporations that depend on his expertise in class action suits in which the corporation is being targeted. There have been times when opposing counsel has walked into court, realized they have to face Paul Sorrentino, and immediately moved to dismiss instead of letting the judge see that they're going to get shredded by Paul Sorrentino. Having Paul Sorrentino as your attorney is like having a legal superhero on your side. For any of your legal labor issues, call Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and rest easy knowing Paul Sorrentino will take the best care of you. Call Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and ask for the legal superhero Paul Sorrentino. Tell him JV to the pros recommended you make that call. And we're back with JV to the Pros, Season 3, Episode 34. I'll tell you what, Corey, that we could have spent hours on that, uh, on that last segment. I, I was glad Paco was giving us the signal that we didn't realize how long we'd spent on. But, you know, that's a good, solid, meaty topic of, I mean, it's, it's emotionally charged. It's passionately charged. We'll hit we, it again. We, what we'll have to do is go back to it. Exactly. Well, along those lines. And, uh, in fact, that we share a brain. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about that, but... Uh... Uh, along those lines, as far as, you know, emotionally charged, we have a alleged murderer that has been in jail for 53 years, was granted parole August 26th of this year. And I'm talking about the infamous Sirhan Sirhan, the man alleged, and I stress the word alleged, to have murdered uh, Robert, Robert Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I, you know, I, I always, I always refer back to the fact that I was filming in that hotel and I didn't know where 
Bobby Kennedy had been shot. Yes. And when they were touring us around the set, I went through the kitchen and I came to a dead stop. And I said, well, that's weird. I, I don't feel like I want to move from this spot. I just stayed there. And somebody pointed out that I was standing exactly where Bobby Kennedy was shot. And I didn't know it. I mean, there was, just some, there was something that was magnetizing me to that spot. Sure. But uh, I, I, Sirhan, Sirhan, I do not think... Um, but then also, I don't think Hinckley should have been let out either. I, I just, I don't understand why, if enough time has gone by, that uh, somebody like Sirhan, here's what I think, and, and you tell me if you agree or not. I'm thinking he's been in jail all this time. Now he's in his 70s, right? Mid- 77. Okay, mid to late 70s. And I'm thinking if they have him in jail, he's going to be coming up on health issues where they're going to have to continue to take care of him, right? And they don't want the expense. So they're better off paroling this fragile old man who's probably not going to shoot anybody else like, you know, the way he did Bobby Kennedy. And he's just going to live his days and just deteriorate and they won't be footing the bill. I'm wondering if that's the incentive to release him. Well, I, well, the interesting thing is, is that the family is split on whatever he should go free or not. Yeah. And the people that voted that he should be paroled, I don't even think were aware of what happened when it happened. I don't even think they were alive. Well, most importantly, uh, the wife who was there and who watched him die, Ethel, age 93, believes that Sirhan Sirhan should go free. Yeah, but hang on a sec. Okay, now tell me, tell me, she's 93. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I understand people soften in old age. Mm-hmm. I get it, okay? But I, I have to wonder, I have to wonder if there's some disorientation that, I don't that, buy know, that, you know, that she with, suddenly with, comes that she with suddenly old age. Senile. No. I didn't say senile. So I'm you're saying that people, as they get older, they soften. And I'm wondering if their perspective begins to change along with old age. Or I will give you the other perspective. The other perspective is her being there at the time, in real time, and her not thinking that Sirhan Sirhan actually shot her husband. There's no doubt, and I've said this before on other podcasts, there's no doubt that Sirhan Sirhan was there, did have a weapon. However, he was facing the future president, RFK. Yeah. The fatal shot for RFK came behind his ear. So can someone explain that to me? The logistics of it? Well, this is like How the magic. This up, is like the magic bullet with Kennedy. <laughs> so, so just stick with me here. So, just tell me what the logic is. How Sirhan Sirhan could have fired that weapon? Also, ballistics has said, and again, I'm throwing facts at you. Ballistics has said that the slug that was pulled out of Kennedy was different from the one that Sirhan Sirhan had fired, because see. When Sirhan Sirhan was tackled, right, he continued to fire. So there were bullet holes and In the slugs all around. Right. Mysteriously vanished, by the way. I mean, I don't know how you, <laughs> I don't know how you lose that. Yeah. And also there were witnesses. Again, you don't know about this, but there were witnesses who saw a woman in a red polka dot dress and another young man running from the scene, leaving, yeah, but that saying, thing- we got him. Oh, really? We got him. Yes. Now, why would you wear a red polka dot dress if you didn't want to stand out in a crowd? I don't think she cared because by 1968, you could kill on live television. The same way that uh, 
Lee Harvey Oswald was brought out and executed in front of the public. Probably our our first televised public execution (laughs) happened with Lee Harvey Oswald. And something else I'll tell you about Lee Harvey Oswald, just just a quick sidebar. Have you ever seen a prisoner um, that's being transported and his handcuffs are in front? In front? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? No. They're either they're either to his waist yeah. or behind him. So I, I was just I was just wondering. Yeah, I just yeah, there's a lot there's a lot I mean, that stinks about this. So so going back, so, so I going I back to Robert. Know, so going back Bobby to Kennedy, Robert. um yeah, I gotta wonder about Ethel. I, I know that I have discovered friends of mine that have gotten older have changed their stance, their hardcore stance on certain things, because they seem to be looking at it like, okay, I may be facing my maker. I want to show that I got a big heart. No, I'm not going to stay. I, I'm not going to use age uh, because there's an individual who was also shot who's 96 years old, and he's very much, very much with it. And he's one who also believes that the murderer is free or went or got free, probably dead now. And that's Martin Luther King's killer. Uh, <laughs> but no, he feels that he feels that uh, Sirhan Sirhan didn't act alone. Simple, well, people say that about concept. Lee Harvey Oswald. They mean, you know, until we know all the facts. But I think, mm. but I think what we have to do is we have to look at logic. And I think if we don't have the facts, then I think in lieu of facts, I think we apply logic. So I just threw out there: How is it possible if I'm walking up to you? And I can fire the fatal shot that hits you behind your ear. Right. It's not like you're hugging the guy at the time. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he came right up and he was tackled. But it took them a while to wrest the gun from him because he continued to fire. Just, he kept his hand on the trigger and he just fired, 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 fired. I don't know. And his reasoning for uh, killing Kennedy didn't make any sense either. What was that? I believe it was in protest to the uh, to the United States support of uh, Israel during the uh, Six Day War, right? Because yes, he's Palestinian, right? That, that, no you got you got to need more than that. Sense made no sense. So what happens? So really, what what we're talking about here? The bottom line is parole was granted. Now, as far as him going free, that is solely up to now Gavin Newsom. You know, actually, and I'm surprised Corey hasn't brought up MK Ultra all night. I mean, because that's always been one of the biggest uh, proponents. So, Jack, you know what MK Ultra was? What's MK Ultra? MK Ultra was. Wait, wait, wait. Is it a Michelob product? No, it was not. It's actually well, it's product of the CIA, allegedly. MK Ultra was a CIA program that was designed to explore psychotropic drugs and also use them for military applications. Psychotropic. I like the fact that he didn't screw that. He screws up one syllable words and he does psychotropic. <laughs> so what's Add a deck of Kawasaki. Go ahead. Allegedly, one of the goals was in order to create Manchurian candidates, brainwashed assassins who, with the click of with who with a with some kind of trigger, would be able to you know perform an assassination and not remember anything. And it was a click of a button? Sometimes it would. Yeah. Or a deck of cards, like in Manchurian Candidate. But uh, I'm getting far to myself. So yeah. when the project was seen in the 70s, the CIA went through, you know, was being, uh, you know, her, was being uh, was being brought up to Congress and the Senate about their illicit activities, and they stopped the program, allegedly. 
but back to what we to in regards to uh, the I think RFK. they stopped letting Congress know they <laughs> they stopped that activity. I don't think any activity ever stops with the CIA. So here's the thing. So I know where you're going with that. I, so we don't go too deep in MK stuff. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess and say that the program never stopped. Like Jack I, I, said, I, yeah. they just they just ceased. But going back to Sirhan Sirhan, the ballistics. The logistics of the ballistics don't match. And I do believe that's why there are some in the family that are saying, you know what, let's let this guy go free. One of RFK's best friends who was there that night who got shot also has strongly said that there are other culprits involved in the death. Well, and and you know how prisoners, you know, end up in these romantic relationships while in prison he's apparently planning on getting married so um you know baby elizabeth is planning on marrying sir han sir han so she'll be sir han sir han baby yeah it doesn't it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't surprise me but you know as i said uh, uh, gavin newsom has the final say so i think you know we'll have to wait and see and and where he stands on this and i'd like to say that there's only ever been four gubernatorial recalls ever in this country and two of them were in california and the one that gray davis lost to arnold schwarzenegger in which basically the republicans overtook the the governor's office um this was a bigger effort by the republicans to knock out gavin newsom and to everyone's surprise, because with you know this is a this is a a, um, a shining example of how the the um, the minorities want to rule the majorities. The minority of people were making such a stink about getting Gavin Newsom out of office. It looked like this was going to be a landslide and he'd be booted. And it turned out not only didn't people vote against Gavin Newsom, but they voted against the recall. 64% of everybody in California. So now Gavin Newsom's in a good position. He's going to finish out his term and maybe get reelected if he's got that kind of support. But this is going to be a huge decision for him. And I'm to be honest with you, to be candid, to be transparent, I'm hoping he says, now what? No. No, you don't get out. This is going across my desk and it's stopping right here. I mean, you know, that wasn't Gavin Newsom clearing his throat. That was Paco. I'm not clearing my throat. I'm not sending him out. He's not leaving. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful, Jack. The reason why I'm on the fence with this because I... I You're on the fence about whether or not he should get out? Yeah, because I don't think he did. I don't think that he killed RFK. Well, he's 50 plus years in prison... For a crime you'd think he didn't commit? But why are you yes. conflicted about you it? You understand in order to be paroled, you have to admit to your crime. No, you don't. Yeah, they're not going to release you unless you no. take responsibility. You must take responsibility for what you did. What you've been convicted of, you must take responsibility. If you can, Did you not you see can... Shawshank Redemption? Okay. <laughs> that was a movie, Jack. Yeah. And also like this. And so wait. But see, if you stand there and say, look, I want to be paroled. Where's Paulie when you can, need him? Hang on. If you stand there before head. the parole board and you say, I want to be released, but I didn't commit this crime that I've been convicted of. They are you not releasing Do you really think that his lawyer is going to tell him to phrase it like that? Do you really think? Do you really think that? Okay. The lawyer's not. The lawyer's not going to tell him to go there and say, and say I didn't do it, even though I've served all this time. Yes. <laughs> so that's why, Jack. To wrap it up, that's why yeah. I'm on the fence with this because I don't think, I don't think he did the killing. Let me ask you something. In your heart, 
is a is a part of you thinking he did this and a part of you thinking he did it? Are you split or are you thinking, I really kind of don't think he did it? I don't believe he did it. Wow. I have felt this for the longest time. Just as I am wow. confident. And, you know, I trust, just I as trust your instincts. Yes, just as I'm confident that Oswald didn't kill the brother. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I just again, if there were nothing else and there's so many and I'm not going to uh, bore everybody with all of the different things surrounding RFK and the uh, and the murder, the logistics explain to me how he could have fired the shot that hit Kennedy, the fatal shot behind his ear when he walked up front. Well, you're assuming that that's a fact that he walked up front. You're saying it is a, a fact. fact. Yes, that is a fact that he came. To the front, everybody. So saw you think him. somebody else all this time did the killing, got away with it, yes. and let Sir Han Sir Han serve the time. Yes. By the way, serve the time right here in San Diego. Yes. Serve the time down by Paco's house. At so, the prison down there. So yes, where the Menendez brothers are living. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so is Shug. <laughs> so is Shug. To answer your question, yes. Wow. And yes. And you know, I I do trust your thinking. I trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. I trust your intelligence. Um, just the fact that you partnered up with me makes makes you brilliant. But you know, really, again, it's not it's not feeling. It's just like I said, in absence of evidence, apply logic. And I'm not a lawyer, so right. what I'm saying is, when there's no evidence. All we have is to apply logic, and I keep going back. Wait, to we that. should have had Paulie on the show tonight. Yes, <laughs> but I keep going. I keep going back to that. And his reasoning for killing RFK does that even remotely make sense? No, it really okay. doesn't. Just like, <clears throat> just like when we had the public ex- execution of Lee Harvey Oswald, and you had Ruby say, "Well, the reason why I shot him because I wanted to spare uh, Jackie." The, uh, the stress the, of a trial. trial, right? Does that sound even remote? But hang on, hang on a sec. Remote, <laughs> even. It makes no sense. Believable. Okay, but if you look at Hinckley shooting the president's car, mm-hmm. and one of the bullets ricochets off the car and hits hits Reagan, mm-hmm. and he claims that he was trying to impress Jody Foster. Does that make sense? Does it have to make sense if you're dealing with somebody who's demented? Um. When it's been proven that you are demented, then that's something different. See, the thing is, these two individuals, Ruby and Oswald, never went to trial. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, I, why didn't Oswald go to trial? I would have, I would have opted for trial. No, they killed him. The thing that's fascinating <laughs> about Oswald, and again, I, I won't allow us to get too deep with okay. Oswald, right. is that he had no legal representation if there is anything and you can talk to paulie about this if there's anything that was a gross misjustice in this country was that man and you can watch the youtube videos when he was arrested and when he's in the station because there's film of him and he's asking for legal representation and no one came forward right it is one of the worst things I think when it comes to the justice system that we've had in this country. What we're going to have to do is, um, you know, my Uncle Vinny will be out here in in November. He'll come on the set. Sure. Uh, We should bring Paulie 
and maybe discuss this as we get closer to I the assassination know. date of Kennedy sure. and have, you know, cause, cause he would actually know the legal ins and outs of how this, and, and Paulie's not beyond understanding mm-hmm. the flaws in the system. Yeah. So I think we bring Paulie in and we actually have him in here in studio and, and let him kind of, you know, we'll bring him in for about 15 minutes and see if we can keep him to that because he's talkative. I don't know why I was such good friends, but he's talkative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, um, Let's shift gears a little bit. You want to take a quick break, Paco? I think we should take a little break. Okay. JV to Pros, quick break. We'll be back in about two minutes. So I was checking into barnone1.com and seeing all that they offer. Bar none the number one.com. They have certified and qualified professional bartenders and servers that make party guests feel like they're living the high life. Bar none can be contacted at 619-952-9414, and that will be the first step to getting your event on track. Bar None will help you prepare the kind of event that is greater than you imagined. They've done this for years and they know what they're doing. So they can answer your questions and guide you to a successful and memorable event. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and let them handle these details so that your guests have a great time with a professional server who knows how to take care of their guests. Now, they know how to make your guests feel like they're going to have a great time in part because the work that Bar None does for an event is unparalleled. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and get the process started for your next event with Bar None. Tell them JV that the pros sent you. And we're back with JV to Pros, Season 3, Episode 34. And we're going to go to your favorite topic, but I want to see the hat on first. Don't do it without the hat. Come on. David, put it on. Foil hat is on. It is the truth is alien. It is the segment that Corey leads and we follow. Come on, lead us down a rabbit hole. Let's see how far we go. Well, you know what? Really, I'm just going to throw this out there because I want to get your opinion. Can someone explain to me? Why there are so many medieval paintings with spaceships. This is like that aliens versus cowboys movie. Like how, if there are aliens, why weren't there aliens when cowboys were around? Okay. Well, actually um, that's a rabbit hole we can discuss about later. So let me give you a few. So we have a painting, the baptism of, of Christ on that painting. There is a ship. A spaceship and beams of light are beaming down on Jesus. Yeah, but that could that could happen through clouds. We see that all the time in no, San this Diego, is a, this where is the sun ship. comes through the clouds. This is a ship. We have the cathedral fresco, sixteen hundred, has a ship on both sides of Jesus on the cross. We have the Annunciation with Saint Edmundius in fourteen eighty six. How is it you pronounce that word correctly? I have no idea. And you screw up easy names, easy American names. (laughs) There's spaceships, crucifixion of Christ, 1350. Uh, The artist is unknown, but it's in Kosovo. And there's actual men in flying crafts. That's one of the most incredible things that you will see. Yeah, where would that have come into somebody's imagination unless they had something to trigger or provoke that thought? It shows them flying. Right, so now, they're in aircrafts. Right. So, why is that? Now, are they are they converting what they believe birds 
and people can do or is it no what it is no what it is it it shows just talking about the the last one in 1350 it shows an aircraft and it's kind of like the jetsons so think of the jetsons where you could see the the individual you could see the individual in the craft right that's what you have in this like game. a bubble top, like a that's like a, what you. Have. Did you think it was weird the Jetsons didn't have tinted windows? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's so, what, so, so it looked like it looked like a Jetsons mobile. That's what you have. Wow, wow, ahead, that's Paco. a that's a cool look. Yes, go ahead, Paco. No, but it, it's and just, this is thirteen fifty. Thirteen fifty. Right. So this is way, way, way before the Jetsons. Yes, Jetsons, no te- didn't, Jetsons didn't come around till fourteen hundred. Yeah, no television. <laughs> Go ahead, Paco. No, it's just it, I've seen those pictures and those paintings, and it's fascinating because at this point in history, at this point, most people thought that the Earth was the center of the universe, mm-hmm. and you know the concept of extraterrestrial life wasn't even you know considered yet. Well, wait a second. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. When did people stop believing the Earth was flat? No, that was that's <laughs> an old misconception. They that they, they that's just you know hogwash. They feed you in elementary school. People known about that for thousands of years. Yeah. They proved that with the Egyptians. But I'm right. getting beside the point. Now, what's interesting about this is how this, in this point in history, in medieval, hist- in medieval Europe, everything, all the paintings, they had to be commissioned by the, uh, by the Catholic Church exactly. or, or wealthy vendors. Take it there. Paintings at the time were commissioned by either wealthy, uh, by wealthy uh, aristocrats or the church itself. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we have these images right there, either they're like coding messages or they actually are seeing something that they saw. And they're trying to uh, you know, make a record he, of it. Paco was so passionate about what he was saying, the listening audience couldn't tell that he slowly got up off his stool here in the studio and began to stand up like a preacher at the front of the Because church. he loves the Truth is Alien. Yeah. Because I love the Truth a, is Alien, too. It's all I learn things every single time we do the Truth is Alien. I learn things. But you didn't think I knew about that, did you? I didn't. You know what? And as soon as Corey's face started to light up, I thought, oh, you're on the right path. Because so why do you think they why do you think they painted those things, Paco? What was their thinking? Try to get into the head of the the minds of some of these individuals. What were they doing? Well, um, the first I thought would probably be like they're probably trying to see they probably saw something and they needed to they didn't have photos back then, so they had to make a record of it. There and you the, go. Or the second option is at that time, art, like I said, was all religious based. So they had to leave something. No, to make I think a mark. he's exactly right because there's stuff there's stuff in hieroglyphics that yeah. that could not have been, according to what we know, could have been happening, and it was clearly from another planet. Well, see, the thing that fascinates me though about the medieval paintings is that you with you have when you have the Egyptians and the hieroglyphics from the Egyptians, the Sumerians, the Babylonians, you were allowed to believe in other gods. You were allowed to believe in multi-gods. Polytheism. By the time, by the time the medieval ages, you're 1350, so you're right in the heart of medieval ages. Guess what? You get killed. There's no other God, but me. (laughs) Yeah. You get killed for this kind of stuff. So I think I'm fascinated that it even saw print. Yeah. That it got commissioned. Yeah. It must, it must've touched somebody. Or somebody must have said, yeah, you know what? That's real. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing of there's no other God before me. I mean, back then, I would have been wearing that on my T-shirt. You sure. know, Corey, <laughs> you got a really good point there. Because around this time, that's when Galileo started to come up with his theories. And the church imprisoned him because mm-hmm. what he was saying was considered heresy. Yes. Now it's 
textbook. It's amazing yes. how much he knows, isn't yes. it, Corey? <laughs> and, and I'll even I'll even take it a step further. Um, well, the painting I'm talking about was 16, uh, 16. I'm sorry, the painting I'm talking about was 1350. Galileo was in the 1600s. And the reason why Galileo got put in jail, or rather, I'm sorry, house arrest, was, yeah, which is the same thing. <laughs> was for his pamphlet that he published called Sidarius Nuncius. It was house arrest before ankle monitors. So. Yeah, and so it was all about it was all chain. about the moon. It was all about the moon and everything, and they were going to kill right. that man. So that's sixteen hundred. Right. So what I'm saying is that was the that was the age of enlightenment. Well, you had Galileo. to you had to watch what you said. No, no. Well, well, the the enlightenment era began with Galileo, and then right. it, it it blossomed all through Europe, and it roughly ended around the yeah, 1700s. But that was that was the time Corey was right. Like you could be killed. Right for saying or right. thinking or expressing your thoughts on some. I mean, but I'm saying in 1350. Right. So what I'm saying, this is 250 mm-hmm. years before Galileo. Before Galileo, and this saw print. Right. It How it. did this make it? You got to figure it was. And the other one in 14. The other one in 1486. I mean, what is going on? Right. I think that there were people that said, "Yes, they're seeing it in the sky." Yeah. They were painting angels. It's not like the aliens decided to show up in 1950. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean they've been around. They've been around longer point. than we've been around. I mean, that's, a, that's, a great, <laughs> that's a great point. And also, when they talk about angels, like, flying and that kind of stuff, do they have to have wings? Why can't they? Why couldn't they have just been in levitate a small and craft? float? Yes, it's a small craft. Right. right. And go, that's an angel. Go old Copperfield. Yeah. I mean, I mean, why not? Right. I mean, why not? It just, I'm incredibly fascinated looking at those paintings. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's interesting. So here's my question, Corey, because normally, so if they got past the Vatican, because the Vatican had their marks on everything. Yes. And it's a miracle that these guys didn't get burned at the stake. Do you think they might've known as well? Or like, you know, in the up I and up? I 100% think that the Vatican knows that there's life on other planets. I mean, they oh, did, of and they did come out. We talked about this on an in earlier 2012. They came out and said, finally acknowledged of the strong possibility that there's life on other planets. So I, yes, I, I have to tell you, I think in our lifetime, the current Pope is the most open-minded, reasonable, realistic Pope we've had in 60 years. Agreed. Yeah. And this guy is, is open to the possibility of anything. Agreed. And, 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 He's called out his own church yeah. and his own religion on their shortcomings. I mean, he's not afraid of anything. But I like this though? guy a lot. But you know what, though? He still isn't going to give us the truth. Well, you know what? He, I he feel like he's being more transparent than, I mean, it may be a smoky tint, but it's more transparent than these other guys have been. Here's what I'm going to tell you. What? There are times when I was a, a, a little kid, when I was keeping things from my parents, is when I was the most transparent. Just let that sink in. Ah, look at let you. That that I got you. Yes. And so you put on this great front because yes. you became better at being deceptive. Exactly. Look at you. That's and that's so now I, I got to question how much you really do love me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. Everything looks all squeaky clean, but you know there's some dirty stuff going on. I mean, clearly. I mean, why is all that stuff locked in the Vatican? The catacombs. Yeah. The Why? secret archives, you mean? Yes. Sure. Why do you have the Swiss Army guarding it? Why don't you release it 
Why don't you release the third secret? And why is the Swiss on? Army guarding it? Well, because there was a deal from the secret. I, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hooked him good that time. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> got him in quick. You got him. You, you got him. All right. So, that's, I mean, a good, that's a good point. I mean, so he's not giving us the truth. Well, and I don't know. I think he's been more forthcoming than we've seen in five or six decades. And maybe even before that, but I wasn't alive during that time. But I have not trusted any of the popes until this guy. And I just feel like this Not even guy, John Paul? I, you know what? I still, I felt like John Paul was turning a blind eye to a lot of bad crap that was happening to kids in his churches and parishes. And he was, he was a well aware they were shuffling guys around. But see, I, pope, I don't trust him either. But see, the problem is every Pope, and I don't want to turn this into the Pope because right, we're talking about right, truth is alien. Right. But my only statement is, is that every Pope turns a blind eye to what goes on because all, because the moment you touch a child, you should be excommunicated. Done. Well, he did excommunicate a Cardinal. Okay. And, and one cardinal, come on now. Well, I one mean, cardinal. You know what? The, that guy was just the no. scapegoat. In yeah, that come on. The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Okay. Well, this has been <laughs> that happen- was light years. But, yeah, yeah that this, was light years. Yeah, but ago. this journey's been going on for two thousand years. Oh, it's gone longer than that. <laughs> well, in regards crazy. to the Vatican, to the yeah, Catholic, the Catholic Church. Church but, yeah. going back to, but going back to the stuff. Truth is alien. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think you can't deny the the presence of alien uh, of alien presence for. Hundreds and hundreds of years, and I think people were chronicling it for all this time. I agree with you. I think yeah, that, I, I think there's no reason to believe they showed up in the 20th century and 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 the whole area 51 well, thing. I just I don't buy it. Well, you know what? I I think you used the right word, and the right word was chronicled. And I think those pictures. I think someone looked up in the sky, and they saw that. But again, what fascinates me is that there are some of those pictures of Christ on the cross, and there's spaceships all around right so and what is the story of christ after three days he was resurrected he was resurrected right doesn't that fascinate you and, that and where did christ go and right, where did christ right. go he went up in the sky right you know where you know where i'm going. yeah i know where you're going you know where <laughs> i'm, I'm going sitting there you. i'm on the edge of, I'm i literally am on the edge I'm of my seat right it drop. i'm just letting it drop <laughs> so yeah, very good dramatic pause Corey, he didn't float he was beamed yeah that that's exactly where you were going. That's exactly where I was. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> he, he thought he'd put it in words. That all There's help. beams. I know. There's beams of when he was born. There's uh, one of those uh, so-called uh, alien pictures, where on his birth there's a spaceship and there's beams of right. light and, coming and down. And in churches, they try to convince them there's beams from heaven. And no, maybe not. Maybe these are alien beams because I, I just. Well, what yeah. is the heavens if it's not the sky? So when we say the heavens, why can't it just be up there, another planet? You know, and let me put planet. something else in perspective. People, people look up into the sky and they think, okay, you know, the, the space is so far away. The, the truth of the matter is, from San Diego to Phoenix, if you were to just make a straight line, that is the distance to outer space from the Earth. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Actually, but it's to, but getting it's three hundred and sixty miles. That's the distance from the Earth to outer space. I get what he's saying. He's talking yeah, about it's it's really not that far to get into right. outer space. But so, of course, talking about one of the uh, one of the bodies, one of the heavenly, heavenly bodies, bodies. Yeah, you know, it takes uh, you know it takes a while. Right. I mean, uh, I mean what is it? We're um, I mean, don't quote me on this. We're what eight months from Mars? I think 
Yeah, nine we're, months, we're, give or take, depending we're on. We're two hundred fifty thousand miles from the moon and two hundred fifty million miles from Mars. Yeah, so it so it probably take about eight. Probably take about eight months. Yeah, about eight months it take to travel. Yeah, to to Mars. So, I mean, so if you think about it, the heavenly bodies are a lot further than that. So you guys are you with know? me on this? Yeah, oh okay. yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. I can't. I would love to argue with you, but the fact is, I've always felt I've spent time in the principal's office for bringing this up in science class, and this was in grade school. I am giving all of you an honorary tinfoil hat. Ah, give me! I'm wearing mine right now. Give me it. Put it you on. You guys deserve it. So I there. Look. <laughs> it looks fabulous on you. I may wear it all day tomorrow. <laughs> it looks fabulous on you. So there it is. All right. So hold up here. This is your pitch. So tell me, what does it deflect uh, aside from radio beams and what else? <laughs> he, only Paco would throw that kind of question out in the middle of it. <laughs> microwaves. You know what a microwave is? Is when you just shake your hand a little bit and make a microwave. <laughs> So there we go. Before we really fall off the rails here. Yeah. So you have medieval paintings with aliens. Does that mean that there were aliens back there? Or does it mean it's just someone's overactive imagination? That is something you have to decide for yourself. And we're moving on to sports. Corey is limbering up as we're going to turn around and take a look at how we did last week. I'll tell you what. I don't know. I don't know how well you did, but um, I think, I don't know. I think I may have more picks than you. You have all the picks for the week. Paco is going to be calling out the games. I've already made my picks before the show tonight. Wow. So there's no chance I'm copying. Okay. I'm going to have Corey's. On the back here, we're going to see how we do so this throw, year. So throw it at me. The uh, are well, we doing the are we doing the games? Are we doing this week? Up? Yeah, yeah, we're doing the games right, coming so up. So let's do the games coming up, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll just do my thought. Because you know what, I didn't even look, so I'm going to do it all off my head, all okay. right off the top of my head. But I no okay, ready. So both of I, us, by the way, both of us had the bills last week, and both of us ate it. So fire away. Okay. All right. So starting tomorrow. You got Giants at Washington. I will go with the Redskins because the Redskins have a massive um, pass rush led by Chase Young. And the offensive line for the Giants is a train wreck. Now, what will make this game close is uh, Fitzgerald. I don't think Fitzgerald is going to play. That's the quarterback for the Washington football team. So... I think they're going to go with uh, Taylor um, Heineke. So not Heineken, but Heineke. And you might remember him in the playoff game against the Buccaneers that he played well. So uh, this will be, I think it'll be a close game, but I'm going to go with the Redskins on this. Okay. Now, before the show started, I took Washington. So we both, we both have Washington on that one. Okay. What's the next game? And by the way, was very, very impressed with how well Washington played last week. I really felt like that was a game they could have won. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the Chargers. Well, the Chargers have the better quarterback. Right. Go ahead. All right. So, Sunday, we got Raiders at Steelers. Raiders at Steelers. My goodness, that is a pick-em game. But you know what? I think the Raiders are feeling, I think they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Just, I mean, like, just owning the Packers. Right? 
I, I, you know what? You're not going to like. You're not going to like what I'm going with. So I will go. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Raiders uh, on this. I'm saying that they're going to build momentum. I think them getting starting out in that new stadium is a good start. And the other thing about the Raiders under uh, under their coach, they always start out strong and then they fade. By the so, way, so this is typical Raiders. Uh, Chucky Gruden. Yeah. Does Gruden. he look like he's doubling down on meals? That guy is ballooning. He's getting heavy. Yeah, he's got a hundred million dollar contract, and it, he's not missing any meals along the way. Listen, you eat good in Las Vegas. I live. <laughs> you, you so know. you got the Raiders. I got Green Bay. All right. Okay. Next. Niners at Eagles. Ooh. Niners. Niners at Eagles. So the Eagles are feeling themselves right now, having uh, smacked Atlanta. They just. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No um, kidding. Is Jalen Hurts for real? We've seen this before with Philadelphia quarterbacks, but I am going to go with the 49ers. They're a real team. Now, this is the second week in a row you did not go with your hometown team. Well, I'm not a fan of that. You're not a fan of that, right, but I'm going with Philly. Okay. I'm taking Philly this week. Who else we got there, Paco? Texans at Browns. Texans at Browns. Now, I look at it like the Browns had that game, and they, they stole defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, they had the Chiefs right where they wanted them. They're up by double digits, and they just started to become the Browns again. Yeah, but everybody has the Chiefs like that. I mean, we've seen this so many times with Patrick Mahomes. And as long as you have the fastest man probably who ever played in the NFL and Tariq Hill, I mean, there's not much you can do. 11 receptions, receptions, 197 yards. So so you're going to go with the Chiefs? Yes. And the Chiefs are playing? (laughs) <laughs> the browns right yeah texans okay. at, no 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 no. texans no. at browns texans at browns okay i took i took i'm going with the browns i took cleveland okay okay and i liked i liked the way the browns played i liked the way they played for three quarters i just didn't like the way they played the fourth quarter <laughs> all of a sudden they couldn't snap the ball to the punter they couldn't complete they couldn't get the first down they couldn't put that game away and it still was a close game yeah Okay, next one. All right, we got Broncos at Jaguars. Broncos at Jaguars. I'm taking Denver. I was impressed with Denver. I'm taking Denver this week. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. With I like Denver, the way they beat up the know, Giants last week. I, I don't know why the Giants keep investing in Daniel Jones. All right, oh, what's the next game? Uh, Saints at Panthers. Mm. That's a fun game. That is a good. That, that, and that's and so I, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing the benefit of playing for Sean Payton. With Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is playing himself into a big contract. If he keeps doing like this, watch out. He's going to get paid. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen Green Bay play worse. Green Bay was a mess on Sunday. Yeah. And the Saints just, you thought Green Bay was going to show up in Jacksonville for a Saints home game. and But Green Bay fans travel well, but oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that was, that was horrible to right. watch. But um, but talking about the talking about the Saints, I, Saints, I like the Saints again. You like the Saints, so do mm-hmm. I. I. I think they got something going on there. I like what I saw in them. Right. Rams at Colts. Rams at Colts. Rams all the way. I got the Rams as well. Bills at Dolphins. Oh, by the way, that you were talking last week about the Rams defense. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> that was worth the price of admission. Just that side of the ball. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Paco. What was the next game? Uh, Bills at Dolphins. Bills at Dolphins. Another now, fun do, game. Do the Bills? Do the Bills? It, that's a. By the way, 
everybody in the AFC East has a losing record after one game, except yeah, except Miami. Miami. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what I think is the better team, and that's the Bills. I'm not yet a believer in the Dolphins, although the Dolphins are a good team, and they're undefeated. That's right. Okay. Next game. Oh, you and Eliza gonna love this drum roll. Okay, this is our game, isn't it? Pats versus at at the Jets. Well, I mean, look. Here's one of those things. Um, Tom Brady doesn't play for them anymore, so it's not like uh, you know they're gonna go and roll in. So, I mean, I think this will be a tough game. I mean, I think it's going to be a tug of war also. Yeah, I think I mean, it's going to uh, be. Yeah, you have two rookie quarterbacks. I'm going to go with what I still think is the better team, and that's the New England Patriots. Okay, you so go with I'm, the Pats. I'm going with the Pats. Okay, I took the Jets in that game because right. I honestly think it's a coin toss. Yeah. I think anything could happen at any time in that game, and that'll sway the game. I think right now Mac Jones is the better quarterback, and I think we're going to oh, continue to see that. You and I both agree. I, I'm not impressed with Zach Wilson at all. I'm much more impressed with our backup. I, you know, don't get me started. Well, Wilson that. will get better. <laughs> he he will get better. He is he can't, ultra. He can't get much worse. Well, I mean, he looked pretty good in the second half. He's, he, he's such a statue. No, he, no. Such a Jack, statue. I Jack. saw him scramble a little bit, no. and I thought, boy, I never saw him scramble in any of his he's highlights. Not a, he's not a statue. Well, I'm not. He's got a cannon of an arm. I here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back and look at the touchdown pass that he had to Corey Davis in the end zone. Oh, you're talking about sixty-two yarder. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there are not many quarterbacks who can do that. Now, I don't know if he's going to put it together, but what I'm saying is, as far as talent goes, right? My God, he's got it. Okay, we'll see. Uh, Bengals at Bears. Bengals okay. at Bears. I'm, Snooze I'm, fest, but yeah, I this is not going to be a. This is not going to be a. a good... <laughs> but you know what? I, I what? I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with the better quarterback, and I think Joe Burrow is the better quarterback. And so you're going to you're going to go with Cincinnati, huh? Yeah, I'm going to just I'm just going to go. I'm going to roll with uh, with that. Well, I I hate the fact that Chicago has the quarterback I wanted. Oh, Justin, I, Justin Fields? Fields. And I'm going to go with Chicago. I like okay. Justin Fields. I like the fact that I didn't like the fact that they were they were going Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. They were doing that whole Tim Tebow, Mark Sanchez yeah, I, thing. I, I, I didn't dig that at all. Yeah, but Justin Fields ran one in, mm-hmm. and then they sat him again. I'm like, well, how do you know your role yeah. if you don't? Yeah, I don't like. I that. mean, I think they should just do what New England did, and that's why they just cut. Cam Newton, and they just said, "You know what? We're roll, we're rolling with yeah. the kid. Go make just a commitment. Make a commitment. Let him know he's got this team. And and take your lumps. Mac Jones sure. will take his lumps. I mean, my goodness, they're going to be playing the Buccaneers in Week Four. Right now, so, now let's see what happens. Yeah. So right, who's next there, Paco? Uh, Falcons at Buccaneers. Falcons at Buccaneers. That's okay. Um, Buccaneers will win. Yeah. Now the Falcons. Here's what will happen. The Falcons are a bad team. But because they're in the division, they'll play better and they'll play the Buccaneers tough. But the Buccaneers have just yeah they'll they'll step up their game. But but Buccaneers are are stacked and they haven't changed a thing from no. their championship. So yeah, I go with the Buccaneers. I, I mean, as well. let's face it. I mean, we can do these picks and everything each week. But here's what it's really it's about. It is about Tampa Bay and Kansas City. That's what it's about. Yeah. Those two teams are head and shoulders above everybody else. And unless somebody takes them down. Unless there's an injury. Right. All right. Paco. Vikings at Cardinals. Okay, now this is a sneaky good game. Um, The Vikings are feisty. 
And Arizona. That Chandler Jones. And Kyler Murray. And I like I like watching it. He scrambled around like um like Lamar Jackson. He he was just it almost seemed like he was jerking with people. Yeah, he'd he, get close, look like he was getting tackled, and he'd just backpedal out yeah, of it. He's 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 something else. But Chandler Jones on a roll, five sacks in one game. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Um, Don't expect that every week, but that's, no. That's but a, um, hell of I mean, move. look, he got to start with New England, and if there's one thing this guy can do in his Hall of Fame career, he can get to the quarterback. Okay, you got um, it. You take so it. So I'm, oh, I'm taking Arizona all the way. Yeah. Okay. I, I took um, Arizona as well because you know the the division. That's the best division in football. Oh yeah. That's the most exciting competitive division in all mm-hmm. of football. I don't think the AFC East is. I don't think. I don't think the NFC South. I, I just that's the division right there. Well, you know what I like about the AFC East is you have all these young quarterbacks, which I think is cool. Yeah, AFC East. I mean, no one, no one's twenty five years old. Of all those quarterbacks, though, the Bills got the diamond. They have for now, right? For that's, now, that's the that's the guy right there. But what I'm here here's what here's what I'm going to say, uh, and people are going to say uh, it because I'm wearing a hat. Oh uh, yeah, but I think. When you look at Mac Jones, do you not see Brady of 20 years ago? No. Oh, I do. No. I do. No. Tell, me, tell, me, tell me what you're not seeing. I, I'll tell you what. I, um, Just tell me Tom, what you're not Tom, seeing. Tom, Tom, 20 years ago, had a magic he didn't even recognize at the time. There was something about Tom Brady back then that would seem to be virtually unstoppable. Okay. Mac Jones, Mac Jones seems, seems to me... To not be the confident okay. guy Tom Brady was 20 okay. years ago. You couldn't be more wrong. And you're also going with the uh, benefit of hindsight. So what I'm saying is, look at him. Look at Tom Brady prior to him winning the Super Bowl. And tell me, what do you see Tom Brady doing that Mac Jones cannot do right now? You're comparing I'll tell, Mac Jones because to I'll Tom tell you, Brady. Of 20 years ago, not this version or not the 2007 version. Or 2006 version of Brady. Even the 2004 version of Brady. I you're talking, you're talking about 2001. Yeah, right. yes. Okay. That's what I said 20 right, years right, ago. Right. Okay, all right. So tell me tell me what you see that Brady did 20 years ago. That, well, that first Mac of all, Jones I think did. Mac Jones is faster on yes. his feet than, yes. than Brady was. Okay. But I don't see that magic that Brady had 20 years ago. That inexplicable, undeniable magic that Brady just seemed to be able to find people in the eye of the needle. I mean, that's, I just, that's what this kid is doing. Have you seen some of his throws? You know, you know what? I watched your game. I watched your game, uh-huh. and I thought, wait a second now, wait a second. You know, <laughs> this is not this is not the team that we watched for the last twenty years. This team's going to have to fight now. They're not marching through like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, but if you recall the Pats twenty years ago, no one thought that they were going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, no one yeah. thought they were even going to get to the Super Bowl. They were 14-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Rams. So, But going back, so what I'm saying is I will ask the question one more time. Yeah. What do you see that Brady had 20 years ago that Mac Jones doesn't? And this is what I'm saying. I'm comparing it to the Brady of 20 years ago. Mm. And so while you're pondering that, here's what I'm going to say. Um, with Mac Jones, his arm, 20 years ago, stronger than Brady's. 
Wow. Brady got stronger and wow. got better. What a what a compliment. Yes. I'm saying 2001. So people that are listening are like, oh, you know what he's talking about. I'm saying 2001. I don't think we've got enough of a sample size on Mac yet. I just don't. I just don't. I, I'll just, I'll go with college. No, no, I don't think we have I'll compare them because all that matters is the NFL. I think when we get to week eight, then we'll take a we'll take we'll take a we'll take a look back on his about career eight years in. I'm talking about the mechanics. Eight games in, we'll take a look at at because he's one game yes. in. You can't sit there and start comparing him to Brady. So one what did game I say? In. Well, I can't compare him to 2001 Brady. Well, because 2001 Brady, we got to see the whole season. Let's take a look at half the season and let's take a look at what we got. How's that? Uh, all I'm is that about, fair? Yes, it's fair. But all I'm talking about are the mechanics. And I think you can compare. See, now I'm going to go home and look at footage yes, of Brady. That's what I, there ago. you go. That's <laughs> now what you're gonna, I want you to you do. You and the facts and, and investigating information. What What's do. the next game? <laughs> and, and, the last, and here's the, here's the last thing that I'm going to say about the kid. Go ahead. The kid, I'm talking about Mac Jones. It's not going to be too big for him. Coming from Alabama, think about it. You were hunted. Every team is after you. And he had the coaching of Nick Saban. That's all I'm going to say. And he's got Bill Belichick. All right, let's see what happens. What's the next? What? I'll, I'll tell you what. It's interesting because your perspective on football and my perspective on football, you know where we are after one week? We're tied at eight. We both have eight wins. <laughs> all right, we have Titans at Seahawks. Titans at Seahawks. This is going to be a fun game. You know what? That, that will be a good game. I, I, I went with Seattle. But, yeah, um, I mean, I'm going with Seattle. I mean, my, my love affair with Russell Wilson knows no bounds yeah. until he gives me a reason not to not to yeah. bet on him he's my guy what else you got paco got cowboys at chargers oh. another fun game yeah um that uh justin herbert man that kid can play quarterback boy you know what he's you talk about somebody special. who's a dark horse he's just really good i went with the chargers in this game i you know i'm gonna go I'm going to go with the Cowboys. You know, with the Cowboys just because I'm not? This. No, <laughs> just because I think that Dak Prescott has become a borderline great quarterback. Okay. All right. Well, so we're, we're going to have always... two really, because I'll tell you what, he his showing last week mm-hmm. I thought was awesome. I mean, yeah. he went toe-to-toe with Brady. And I, and I think, okay, Herbert will be another great quarterback challenge for him. So let's see what happens yeah. this week. I mean, you know with that game, you know what happened. Everybody should know this. I'm watching a game, and Cowboys score, and I look, minute 24. Minute, minute, fo- I, I minute look, 41. I may as well have just turned yeah. off the television. Because it, it exactly it, finished the, yeah. the script, yeah. I, mean, I sat on. there, and I thought, too much time, two timeouts. And then there was the, um, the, the, the pass along the sidelines where people thought he might have pushed off. Actually, what he did was he put the brakes on. And the other guy was still moving. That his pass. momentum sent him on his ass. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying about the greatness of Brady. Why, people that are listening, please, I'm not saying that Mac Jones is or will be Tom Brady. I'm just saying that 2001 version. That throw that Brady made, that back shoulder Back shoulder, throw, perfect throw. throw. I mean, yeah. and he's 44 years old. Are you kidding me? Hey, Come 60, on. 64, I think, right? I mean, <laughs> you know. What's our, what's our next game there, Paco? Come on. We got two left. We got Chiefs at Ravens. Okay. Um, this is, I'll keep this real simple. Okay. The Ravens never beat the Chiefs. And 
Lamar Jackson cannot go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. I'm putting you down for KC. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, yeah. I think that's it. That that as good as the Ravens are, that's an imbalance game. That's that's a mismatch. Uh, let me tell you something about the. I bet you the spread is nine and a half on let that me, game. Let me tell you something about the Kansas City Chiefs. I I worry about them going undefeated. Because their offense that's, is so potent. Not, that's not happening. Cleveland almost beat them last uh, yeah, night. Yeah, everybody playing. almost beats them. Everybody. No, no. Cleveland, everybody Cleveland, beats them. Cleveland had that game in hand everybody and then does. became the Cleveland Browns somehow. Because you know why? Because they know and they get jittery because of that offense. Is, is, the, last, is the last game, what do, you, what do you got in the last game there? Paco. Last game is uh, Lions at Packers. Okay. I thought we already did the Packers. No, we didn't. Okay. So the Packers have to bounce back. And uh, I think the Lions are putrid. I think they're going towards the number one pick in the league. So is that the Monday night game? Yep. You know what? I got to agree with you. It's Green Bay. They make that the Monday night game. Yes. That's the Monday. They're not changing it. Yeah, they should have changed it. I agree with you. I, I but, mean, um, who put that together? Well, we've got a few. We've got a few different games, but I'll tell you what: you and I should be on the phone to each other because uh, our game is right after my baseball game. So, if you want, you can come to my game, and then we can watch football. That's fine. <laughs> that, that involves me getting up early, and I'm not getting up at six. Yeah, no All right. chance. All right. We thank you very much for listening to episode, season three, episode 34 of JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, the man that I love doing this show with, the man I can count on week in and week out, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey, Corey, Mr. Iron Man of Broadcasting, sign off for us and then let them know our platforms. You hit one, I'll hit one. Go ahead, do it. All right, here we go. Our platforms. We're everywhere. everything. Everything. That's it. Okay. <laughs> they don't have any more excuses. <laughs> Buzzsprout. iHeartRadio. Everywhere. Everywhere. You can go. Yeah. Come on. Keep it going. Come keep on. Going. Where else? Keep it Tune going. Tune in. Everywhere. Everywhere. And you can contact us on Instagram at JV to the Pros, all spelled out. And JV to the Pros, all spelled out on Facebook. And if you need to email us, it's JV to the Pros at gmail.com. And vote for us. And vote for us on the That's San Diego it. Reader poll. Go online for the. We are actually leading the vote for the best local podcast. So that would be quite the feather in the cap of this this hardworking team. Paco, you once again have done a great job, and we thank you very much. We want to thank our producers, Robin with a Y, and the Queen of Queens, Karen, for putting together yet another great show. We are off. JV to the pros out. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>